Before we begin today's episode of Skincare School, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to Elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome back to another season of Skincare School. I'm Amy Clark and I'm joined by science educator, chemistry PhD and cosmetic chemist Michelle Wong, aka Lab Muffin Beauty Science. This week on Skincare School. I'm of the opinion that more expensive doesn't always equal better, except when it does. But the really important thing to know is that you don't need to spend outside your means to look after your skin. Sometimes you do save money in the long run because prevention is cheaper than trying to undo the damage afterwards because you can never really undo it as much and in the same way. It's always just trying to do the best with what you've got, I guess. You've got your bookends of your cleanser, your moisturizer and your SPF, and then the things in between, these are the things that you're adding in and out based on your skin concerns. Today's episode is very timely. I mean, it's always timely. Who isn't thinking about money a lot of the time? Let's be real. We want to talk about where you can save and where you can splurge, but I'd rather say invest because like there's splurges where it's kind of a treat, but then there's the types of products that you want to invest in in your routine because it's this is my best bang for buck with this kind of product versus the ones where you can find ways to save in your skincare routine. Before we get into splurge first save, if you're sitting here thinking, what's a skincare routine? Please go back to season one. We covered exactly how to actually start building a skincare routine from scratch in episode two of season one. We also went through serums in a lot of detail in episode three. So jump back and listen to that if you haven't already. But now we're going to talk about how you can actually divide your skincare budget up and get your best bang for buck. Very important to note that what I deem affordable or what Michelle might deem expensive or affordable could be very different for everyone. So when we're talking about affordable, generally speaking, we're talking 30 to $50 under is kind of just a general guide. But yeah, everyone listening is going to have a different interpretation of what affordable or what an investment purchase is. So we'll keep that in mind. With that said, I'm of the opinion that more expensive doesn't always equal better, except when it does. So can you kind of explain why products are priced a certain way? That's actually a really good way of putting it. Yeah, I completely agree. It is not always better, but sometimes it is. So a lot of what you pay for a product does not go into the actual insides of the product. So for example, if you pay, let's say $50, obviously there is the retailer cost. So they're taking a profit from selling it to you, but then the rest of it, it's still not always just going into the insides. There's things like marketing, distribution, even the packaging of the product often costs a fair bit. And so, yeah, a lot of the time, even something like market positioning. So sometimes if let's say a brand has one expensive product that actually contains expensive ingredients, they're probably not going to release another product that is a lot cheaper than that because it just doesn't make sense with their brand. A lot of the time, it also depends on the type of product and not just the brand. So some products are just inherently harder to make well if you don't spend at least some money on the research and development. So for example, some ingredients are patented, which means that no one can get them except for from one manufacturer. So they obviously have a monopoly. They are going to charge a certain amount because they've put a lot of investment, a lot of research and development time and money into developing that particular ingredient. 
There are also other things like there are some ingredients that are unstable or they might be really hard to get through skin. And so if a brand wants to make a good product, then they're going to have to put in a lot of effort into making different prototypes, testing them on skin, testing how stable they are after like three months, six months, a year. All of this costs time and money. And so that is going to be reflected in the price to you. Now, sometimes you will get cheaper versions of the same products, but it depends on the brand again. If you have a smaller brand, then obviously they don't have economy of scale, whereas a larger brand might. And so, yeah, there's just a lot that goes into where that product's price ends up. Totally. There's like so much that goes into that final number that you see when you're looking at the product online. But the really important thing to know is that you don't need to spend outside your means to look after your skin. It's more about understanding what are my main skin concerns? Like what are the things that I want to target with my skincare or what are the kinds of things that I want to maintain? And then selecting products that do just that. And that's how you can kind of build a routine. Generally speaking, where would you recommend that you could save money in a skincare routine? I would probably start with where you can't save money that much. And okay, okay. We're going to go backwards by elimination. (laughs) So I think the two main ingredients I would say where you probably want to spend a bit is retinoids and vitamin C. And the reason is because they are unstable. And so if you want a product that is probably going to work on your skin, you probably have to go with a brand that's put in their work into making that product work. So there was actually a study that found that in all of the vitamin A products they tried, they kept them for six months and then they tested how much vitamin A was actually left in them after that. Vitamin A is notoriously unstable. And they found that some products still had 100% and some products only had 20% left. Wow. So that is only one-fifth of what they started with. And as you would expect, yeah, there's a lot of research and development and effort gone into making products stable. And when we're talking about vitamin A and vitamin C, usually we're talking about serums or if you think about it as a targeted active serum or treatment. So depending on what your individual skin concerns are or what you need from your skincare routine, it's always a good idea if you're looking to try and divvy up the budget to allocate as much as what you reasonably can or what works for your lifestyle to your targeted active products. So what's next then? What's the next priority down the list? So I guess where you can really save. So the one active where I think you can really save is actually with chemical exfoliants. It is not that hard to make a chemical exfoliant. It is just like chemical exfoliant in water and solvent and then adjusted to the right pH. So I think if you want a good chemical exfoliant, you don't have to spend over $20. If your skin is more sensitive, then you might need to because you will need other ingredients in there. You'll need like a more gentle formulation to make it a bit less, I guess, harsh and just straightforward. Your skin might need a little bit more cushioning. So I think that is probably the one active where I think, yeah, you can really save. And I guess there's also just the inactive sort of products like cleansers and moisturizers. There are a whole bunch of really good ones made, especially with brands that are a lot larger. And so they have a lot more R&D budget and that tends to get reflected in the cost of the product. So things like um, CeraVe. Yes. They will have really good cleansers and moisturizers that will work for a whole bunch of people. They're very inoffensive. 
If you want something a bit fancier, if you want like nicer packaging, nicer textures, then you might have to spend a bit more. But if you want really basic stuff, CeraVe is a great brand to go with. Yeah. And I love thinking about it like the bookends of the routine. We spoke about this in season one when we talked about how to actually structure a routine. You've got your bookends of your cleanser, your moisturizer and your SPF. And then the things in between, these are the things that you're adding in and out based on your skin concerns or, you know, you might sub in an exfoliant or sub in like a salicylic acid if you're experiencing breakouts or blackheads. You might sub in masks or, you know, those kinds of other nice-to-haves when you want to or when the budget allows. But those bookends, your cleansers, moisturizer and I mean, sunscreen, gosh, that's like a whole other kettle of fish. But the bookends are a great place to save if you want to. One place where brands tend to spend a fair bit of money if they are a more expensive brand is making sure a product works for a variety of skin types. So a lot of the more budget brands, they tend to do less of this sort of like tweaking optimization. So some people can get really lucky with a cheaper product. And yeah, if your skin just happens to match what they tested on in their like less extensive testing, then that product might be perfect for you and you won't have to spend more. So yeah, I think you can definitely try cheaper versions and see if your skin is happy with those. And if not, then you might want to step it up. Another thing I wanted to mention is just sometimes you do save money in the long run because prevention is cheaper than trying to undo the damage afterwards because you can never really undo it as much and in the same way. It's always just trying to do the best with what you've got, I guess. For example, sunscreen, I think it is probably cheaper in the long run to go with a sunscreen you like rather than try to save up for laser and whatever else afterwards. Yes, or if you're going for a sunscreen, you can get great sunscreens at all different price points, but sunscreen's a very personal choice in terms of something that you want to wear every single day. So if there's one with a slightly higher price point that you want to wear every single day and you will wear it every single day, then that is a better investment than one that doesn't suit your skin type or pills under your makeup, but it's a fifth of the price. And also one other point to how to save money in a skincare routine, use less products. We're in a world where there are so many products and as people that work in beauty, I am so excited by new products and I want to use and put everything on my face, but you simply can't from a skin barrier, skin health perspective. That is one surefire way to completely destroy your skin barrier. It's also for the people that don't receive products from PR samples or from brands as a part of their job. It's a really quick way to spend a lot of money. So thinking about what does each product in my routine do? What purpose does it serve? And if there's things in there that are nice to haves or you've got double ups, that's another way that you can kind of go back and really like critically think about your routine and see where savings can be made. So with all of that in mind, what Michelle would be like your favorite investment skincare product and your favorite more affordable bargain savey? It's kind of hard to just go with one but I think a really good splurge product, and it's a bit splurgy, is probably the SkinCeuticals Vitamin C. 
My favorite is the Silamaran CF. And yeah, SkinCeuticals just invest a lot in their R&D. They were like the first people to really stabilize vitamin C. And a lot of the studies and research on vitamin C are based around the SkinCeuticals formula. So yeah, and also Silamaran CF smells quite nice. Yeah, it's not as off him mm. as the CE Ferulic, and it's not as spicy as the Floritin CF, which is basically mm. for anyone that's not familiar with the SkinCeuticals, vitamin C serums it's the spendy ones that everyone's just like really like is it really that good and then for all of those reasons that Michelle just listed yes it is but there's different versions of the product for different skin types so C ferulic is your normal to dry Floritin CF is your normal to combo oily discoloration and then Silymarin is your normal to oily or breakout prone or if you find that vitamin C serums break you out it's definitely a splurge but great investment we'll say investment and what about your more affordable one I think my favorite affordable products are probably, there's a few from The Ordinary that I really like. And sometimes, yeah, you see a lot of reviews from The Ordinary where some people love them and some really don't like them. And it really depends on whether or not it matches your skin. So I think my favorite one is the Squalane Cleanser. So this is like an oily-ish cleansing balm that's really good at getting rid of your makeup and sunscreen really quickly. And that's a really good sort of first wash. I mean, depending on how much you have on your face, it could be your only wash. But cleansing balms tend to be a bit on the pricier side, except for the ordinaries ones. Mm. So that is one of my top recommendations. Yeah, I mean, I'm loving the range in that. My affordable product is actually a vitamin C serum, which is not what I would have always said I've been in the investment splurge vitamin C fan group for a very long time however I do really like the viviology vitamin C serum because it is that l-ascorbic acid the texture is that runny lightweight and it has that similar scent that makes me feel like okay this is I know this is what strong vitamin C smells like but it's at that under hundred dollars price point so that's kind of my favorite bargain option at the moment my splurge one of the more expensive products in my routine right now is an ultraviolet sunscreen Mm. so supreme screen there's all different ones but yeah if I'm thinking about what's something that I'm regularly repurchasing it's probably ultraviolet supreme screen which you know is more expensive than a pharmacy SPF, for example. So if you're listening to this, you might be thinking, yeah, okay, cool, but can we just talk about some good skincare bargains? Yes, yes, we can. So we actually asked our Beauty IQ Uncensored podcast Facebook group, which you should absolutely join if you aren't already. We asked them for what's like the best affordable skincare product in your routine. And so I'm just going to run through a few of them in case you are looking for some ways to save a bit of dosh in your routine. First one that comes up won't be a surprise to anyone, CeraVe cleansers. We mentioned CeraVe briefly before. My favorite CeraVe cleanser is the hydrating cream to foam, but they also do like the CeraVe salicylic acid. All of those cleansers, depending on which size you get, come in under, I want to say under 25 AU, could be under 29, but yeah, really affordable, effective products. Do you have a favorite CeraVe cleanser? I think my favorite right now is the hydrating cleanser, which, yeah, I didn't think I would like a hydrating cleanser because my skin is oilier, but that one just works really nicely. 
I mean, the ordinary, obviously, as we said before, is going to come up. The ordinary niacinamide 10% plus zinc 1% is consistently one of the best-selling products on Adore Beauty. Also, the moisturizing factors, the moisturizer. So you mentioned the cleanser before, but a lot of people really rate the moisturizer too. And so that's, again, affordable bookends of your routine. Another one that comes up from the ordinary is that glycolic acid 7% toning solution. People also like to use this for other areas other than just the face simply because it is such good value. A lot of people use it to exfoliate their body before tanning or exfoliating your dry cracked heels but obviously it's meant for the face (laughs) but that one's really popular I actually use it on my armpits yes which I think a lot of people have been recommending yeah because it works quite well as a deodorant as well oh okay yeah so the low pH acidity changes like the environment of your armpits I think I'm pretty sure and it changes the bacteria yeah I was gonna say are you using it on your armpits so that fake tan doesn't kind of like gather and you end up with kind of green armpits but there you go some other products that come up the CeraVe moisturizing creams and lotions Boost Lab is a brand that's stocked at Adore Beauty that have some active serums all under 30 bucks so the glow resurfacing serum which is their AHA or alpha hydroxy acid exfoliating serum is quite popular I mean, La Roche-Posay is another brand that I personally use a lot of. Their serums, again, we're talking about what's affordable to one person versus another. The La Roche-Posay serums are all priced under that $70 to $80 mark, which might be affordable to someone it might be an investment to someone else and then there's some korean skincare korean skincare and japanese skincare products came up in this list innisfree like the green tea seed serum cosrx exfoliating products cosrx have this salicylic acid cleanser that's really great and it's under 30 bucks the pimple patches i mean i'm obsessed with hydrocolloid pimple patches and a couple of the korean and japanese ones It's like seven bucks for a sheet of however many pimple patches. I definitely used one last night. And probably an affordable-ish product that surprised me of late, Hada Labo, the hyaluronic acid lotion, which actually feels like a hyaluronic acid essence serum, comes in a pump bottle of 150 mils for $35.95, I feel like I'd never finish it, but that one came up in this list a lot. So lots of great options for everyone out there. But just remember, go with what's realistic for you and don't feel pressured like you have to spend a lot. But also there's no shame in being a little bit bougie in your tastes either. Today's listener question is all about pigmentation, hyperpigmentation. And I will say, go and listen to episode 11 of season one if you want like your complete lowdown on the different types of hyperpigmentation, the ingredients, the treatments, the different types of products you can use. Go and listen to that. But with that in mind, here is today's listener question. Hi, Michelle and Amy, my favorite skincare teachers. My question is around pigmentation. I've recently started using products to specifically target pigmentation and I'm noticing more dark spots than I had before. I'm religiously using sunscreen. I'm just wondering if pigmentation can get worse before it gets better. Thank you. Thoughts, Michelle? Yeah, that is a good question. With pigment, there is this thing with lasers where it gets darker before it gets lighter. 
And that's because the pigment is breaking up and then coming to the surface. Usually pigment is quite deep down. And so when it comes to the surface, there's less skin over it. And so it actually gets darker and then it comes off and then you're much lighter. And I think what could be happening is there are a lot of pigment fading products where it actually makes your skin more sensitive to the sun. And so if your sun protection isn't really good before you start using it, and this happens a lot because so many people underestimate sunscreen, they just start on the actives because they have FOMO, they really just want to get really into this active skincare. And yeah, they end up doing more damage to their skin, the pigment ends up worse than when they started because they weren't protecting their skin from further damage from the sun. So yeah, I think that's probably what's happening. And if that's the case, then make sure you're using sunscreen, make sure you're using other types of sun protection as well. So back to the basics, things like sunglasses, hats, staying in the shade. And that's the thing with hyperpigmentation is that it's not the kind of skin concern where, you know, you can just consistently use a product for however many weeks and yep, I'm done and off I go especially living in Australia, we are exposed to so many kind of environmental aggressors and also the sun that it's all about ongoing maintenance. So think of your products that target pigmentation as one part of the treatment plan. You might like to look into in-clinic treatments like laser or some kind of skin needling, things like that. Go and speak to a professional and they'll be able to determine what the right kind of treatment for you might be. But then it can also be the time of year as well, like probably towards the end of the year when you know that you're going to be spending a lot of time outside is maybe not the best time to think I'm going to tackle my hyperpigmentation. A lot of people schedule their treatments or, you know, ramp up their pigment products coming into the winter just by the fact that you're going to be spending more time indoors. So yeah, definitely your hyperpigmentation serum shouldn't be causing more dark spots. But yeah, it's all about ongoing maintenance, I'm afraid. It could just not be your skincare product. It could be something else happening. Maybe you're developing melasma. Maybe you're having some other sort of reaction. So I think if you are seeing changes in your skin, don't just assume it's your skincare. Maybe get it checked out by a doctor. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Skincare School. You'll find everything we spoke about referenced in the show notes. Got more skincare questions? Well, did you know that there's a whole team of experts and product specialists waiting to answer them on our Adore Beauty live chat? You can jump onto the adorebeauty.com today website and chat to our team of real people in real time and while you're there tell us what you think leave a review and a rating and don't forget to tell everyone in your life about skincare school if you enjoyed this episode you can subscribe in your podcast app and you'll get a notification the second that our next episode drops